Enjoy the show. Beaming at you from the depths of the internet. This is the Temple of Geek Podcast, your one stop for all things geek. Welcome to the Temple of Geek Podcast. I'm Daniel, and tonight with me I have Monica and Jose. Welcome to the show, guys. We haven't done a show together in I don't know how long. In so long, Daniel. I miss our talk. <laughs> Jose, we've been talking on another podcast, so I don't really care about you. But hey, welcome oh, to the show. Thanks for having me. <laughs> for those of you who are new listeners, uh, Daniel, uh, Stacy, and I um, usually, we, we started off running the, the podcast together about a year ago. And um, it's been a it's been a couple months since Daniel's been on. Yeah, we all broke up. So basically, I'm in we charge of a show. Up. Stacey's in charge of a show, and Monica's in charge of a show. So, <laughs> so this will be her show. So just uh, tonight, I'm just kind of just doing the doing the things just for old times' sake, and then Monica will be heading the game. So, Monica, <laughs> what are we talking about tonight? Oh my God, we have so much fun stuff to talk about. Um, first, we want to talk about the Super Bowl commercials. Um, we want to talk about some Black Panther, the um, you know being nominated for an Academy Award, which is super awesome. We want Wait to talk a second, about- a superhero film got nominated for an Academy Award for Best Picture? Absolutely. It's amazing. We're oh very God. excited. So we'll talk about that and also some sci-fi literature that I've been into and, you know, find out what you guys have been up to lately. What's been going on with you? Jose, would you like to start? Oh, uh, sure. Um, nothing much. Just been uh, collecting and buying toys and getting ready for our Five Points Articulation podcast. So that's what I've been doing. Crickets. <laughs> so if you guys awesome. like toys, go ahead and uh, listen to our podcast. I am so jealous of your guys' theme song for the podcast. Like, super, super jealous. They, you guys have, like, such a fun toy podcast and such a fun theme song, and I'm jealous. I want a theme song. Ask and you shall receive. <laughs> I want a theme song. <laughs> uh, awesome. What about you, Daniel? What have you been up to? Uh, not much. Um, personal drama, which I won't talk about here, and uh, just trying to get caught up on life. Um, I feel like I've been away from things for a while, so I'm just trying to get back into the swing of things, and yeah, that's about it. Uh, playing games, working on the website, nothing much. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, I've been preparing for um, Gallifrey One that's coming up next week. It is um, a Doctor Who convention that uh, goes on in in Southern California at the LAX Marriott every year. It's its 30th year. It's a fan run convention. And it is so amazing. And it is my favorite con of the year. And so I'm super, super, super excited um, about that next week. And then like all my focus has pretty much been Doctor Who related and getting prepped for Gallifrey one. So what Monica's saying is that she's not going to be available next week. Cause she is going to be. Fangirling. Hard yeah, all over Doctor Who. <laughs> that didn't sound right. <laughs> I will be fangirling. Super hard, guys. Super hard. All right, let's talk about some Super Bowl commercials. I did not watch the Super Bowl, but I did watch commercials. So tell me, guys, what 
Jose, what was your favorite Super Bowl commercial and why? Um, it has to be the Endgame trailer, the 30-second trailer. It was super amazing. It set the tone for the movie. And to seeing Cap kind of like frustrated or kind of depressed and then have him with the shield back is like the best thing ever. You mentioned yeah, that was a, earlier. Such an awesome trailer. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but that was just <laughs> such an awesome trailer. Um, me and my family, we were sitting around watching the Super Bowl, and all of a sudden I saw the Marvel logo come up, and I was like, everybody shut up! <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was just so great. Even though it was 30 seconds, it was just an amazing 30 seconds. <laughs> um, earlier today, Jose mentioned to me about um, Cap's handshaking and i didn't notice that in the trailer that when he's putting the shield on his hand starts to shake yeah they're all dirty grody bruised shaking so but here's the thing kevin feige has already mentioned that any promo materials that we see are going to be within the first 15 to 20 minutes of the film so any trailers or anything that we're going to see is basically only the very first beginning parts of the movie so I don't think it's any battles with anybody or anything like that. I think it's like post-traumatic stress syndrome of him putting on the costume again, grabbing the shield again for the first time in a long time since the civil war. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I, I don't think it's anything like related to a battle or anything yet. I think it's just has to do with his mental state of getting that shield back. You know, most of his friends being taken away by Thanos. I, I think that's what that's all about. And also, did you guys notice the sign in what looked like a support group type environment that Cap was in? And it said, like, like kind of like, what do you do when they're all gone and how do you move mm -hmm. on? Mm -hmm. I thought that was really interesting. So, you know, a lot of people online are saying that, you know, a lot of time has passed, which it does appear that a lot of time has passed and that those are promotional materials about people disappearing and stuff. But I was actually wondering... It actually is kind of very reminiscent of... Uh, what was that? Winter Soldier when... Um, um, Falcon was doing his little meetings with the PTSD soldiers in the military base. Y'all remember those uh, scenes? Yeah, I remember that. So point. I, I think this is like a military base and that's like a poster of like maybe uh, something to do with the military of like fellow soldiers being killed. How do you handle that? And I, I think that's what that is. I don't think it had anything to do with the actual snapping or whatever they're calling it now. The um, snap. <laughs> the snap. Um, I think it's actually called the decimation now. Isn't that what they're referring to it as in the books? What books? I believe the, so. Uh, the uh, prequel books to uh, Endgame. There's prequel uh, books? Yeah, I'll, I'll find the name of it for you here in just a second. There's prequel books? I did not yeah, know. There's, yep, there, there's all sorts of media that's leading up to this. Oh, uh, well, we call it the snap. <laughs> That's the, what the street lingo is. The snapshot. <laughs> the snapshot. I like it. I approve. The <laughs> and then, um, so definitely, I think my uh, favorite Super Bowl commercial was definitely uh, the Endgame one. But I was also really thrown off by the Bud Light Game of Thrones one. That is my favorite commercial. That is your favorite commercial? I thought it was my favorite commercial. Because <laughs> all night long, they were showing Bud Light commercials of like the Bud Light night and all this stuff. And then like they showed this commercial of like a king and queen sitting there watching this joust tournament. And there's the Bud Light night. And I'm like, oh, great. It's another freaking Bud Light commercial. And then all of a sudden, the freaking mountain was there. 
and he ripped his eyes out. And I'm like, holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> and then he heard the music. Da, 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 da. I was like, this commercial is freaking amazing. It's so funny that they had that buildup all the way to it. See, I didn't oh, realize was, that because I didn't epic. watch the Super Bowl. I just watched the YouTube commercial. Yeah, that was that was my favorite commercial of the night. Now, don't get me wrong. I really enjoyed the Avengers trailer. But if I had to choose a favorite commercial, that was my favorite commercial. <laughs> I very much enjoyed the Captain Marvel one. And I liked the stronger, faster, harder. That was really cool. But I think the Endgame one um, was probably my favorite, even though um, the Game of Thrones ones was really fun. Um, did anybody happen to catch the new Toy Story trailer at the end of the Super Bowl? Uh, yeah, I did. It was really, it was really fun. I liked when Buzz catches that guy's foot <laughs> to infinity. <laughs> it was just, yeah, that 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 movie I think is actually gonna be pretty funny. Although I don't understand why they're making a fourth one because I really thought Part Three ended the franchise so well. Um, but I'm excited to see it because it's Pixar and I love Pixar films. Yeah, they've rarely done anything that I've been unhappy with. I think the only thing that Pixar ever did that I was like, eh, about was the Mater movie, the Cars 2. But, like, I would have been okay oh. with that movie if they had just named it, like, Mater Tales or something. Because they have that, like, you know, the little cartoon series that Mater does. But, mm-hmm. like, it didn't feel like Cars 2. Like, I felt like Cars 3 felt like Cars 2. Like that one in between was just kind of like Mater's own little adventure to me. Here I am saying I like Pixar and I can honestly say I've never seen any of the Cars cartoons. You've never seen Cars? Cars is so good. never seen any of the Cars. (gasps) Cars is so good. Oh my gosh. Cars is the best. It's really clever and beautifully written. Like I literally, I suggest you watch Cars 2 and then jump straight to Cars 3. It's absolutely like. Those are great movies, Daniel. Like, you really, really need to watch it. They're all right. They're not the greatest movies. They're all right. Don't talk to me, Jose. Don't talk to me. Okay. They're the so, best. They're amazing. So the book is actually not really a book. It's more of a graphic novel, comic book type thing, Monica. It's called Avengers Prelude. Oh, it's a graphic so, novel. Okay. I yeah, thought you meant like novel. a book book. Okay. I, I thought it was a book too, but now that I'm looking at it, I'm like, oh, that's actually a comic book okay yeah they did, anyway. they did one for infinity war too kind of like explain the setup what's going on what's going on with cap and like falcon and black widow what's going on with iron man kind of thing <clears throat> so this i'm pretty sure they'll will explain more like what's going on now what are where's cap and the rest of the avengers on earth doing what is tony doing with nebula kind of thing gotcha 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 so did anybody happen to notice the game last night? Because, you know, that game really sucked. Um, I'm not really a big sports person, but I usually watch this, the the big game each year. I'm probably going to have to edit out every time we said the super beep. Um, but anyway, uh, so I watch the game every year, and I, I usually watch it for the commercials. But this year I just felt that the game and the commercials were just not that good. I mean, we had a, like maybe two or three that were like, I was like, wow, I was there. For the most part, I was just not impressed with any of it last night. Right. Yes, same here. It is like dull, boring. Even the halftime show was boring. <laughs> I didn't even watch the halftime show. <laughs> I but I don't. This watch was sports. like the lowest. This is the lowest scoring game in history. So oh, interesting. They, they they won a record last night or broke a record, so that was pretty awesome. 
Well, that leads us in perfectly into another amazing record, which is that Black Panther is the very first movie to ever be nominated for an Academy Award. Well, the very first superhero movie. I'm sorry. Feels like the very first movie, eh? Yes, it's the best. <laughs> they rebooted it. They rebooted the Academy Awards, and this is the first. But that's a Black big Panther deal. It yeah, is that's a huge actually, deal. It, it's an awesome deal. I mean, the last time uh, a superhero movie won any awards was the 2008's Dark Knight, where Heath Ledger won um, after he died. He, won- I, I don't want to even want to attempt to say that word. People will be making fun of me. Prometheus. Prometheus. No. Yeah, that post 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 post. Um, so he 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 won that after he died uh, at, for best supporting actor. So um, that was the last time. That was what ten years ago? Uh, actually, eleven years ago. Yeah, I guess it's 2019 now. And here we are now with uh, Black Panther nominated for not just an Academy Award, Academy Award, but Best Picture. That's a huge so deal. It's it's amazing to see our little nerdy genre finally getting recognized by the Academy. And not only that, but the cast. Like, what an incredible month because it's like Black History Month right now. Um, in honor of Black History Month, AMC and Disney have partnered together to literally give away tickets to Black Panther. It's re-released in theaters right now, and you can go watch it for free. And it's such an exciting time for, like, you know, people of color in the nerd community um, and also the nerd community in as a whole. Um, like, it's such it's such an exciting thing, and it can't be... I'm just so excited that Black Panther, you know, was nominated. And if they don't win, I'm going to riot because it's just like amazing. I'm, I just really want them to win. Well, who else are they up against? We'll Nobody else matters. Right now. <laughs> Roma. <laughs> oh, Roma was really good, though. You also have uh, Vice, the one with um, the Dick Cheney. Um, oh, with, um, with Batman. <laughs> with yep. uh, Christian Bale as uh, Dick Cheney. Oh, you also have Stars Born. Oh yeah, this is going to be a very tight race. <laughs> I did not I see a Stars Born. Did you guys catch that one? I seen the past uh, the other three that came out back in the day. Roma, Vice. I have not uh, seen Roma. Roma's no, amazing. I highly recommend you guys watch Roma. It's beautiful. I have not seen Bohemian Rhapsody. I, I did. I actually just saw Black Klansmen the other night, and I seen Black Panther, of course, and I've seen A Star Is Born. I have not seen Vice, and yeah. I have no idea what the heck the favorite is. But man, this looks this looks uh, pretty tight there for Black Panther. <laughs> actually, any of those movies, any of those movies probably deserve Best Picture. I think that's why they're nominated. But you know, what's <laughs> the Black Panther? <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm just excited, and I hope they win. And I know they're going to be like, oh, it's just an honor to be nominated, but whatever. I hope they really win. I just want Yeah, but like, it's going to be awesome now to buy that Blu-ray that says Oscar nominated for Best Picture, Black Panther. Like, it's just all the work that Marvel has put in, 10 years of making these, like, incredible movies, a cinematic universe, and, like, I feel like their 10th year should be rewarded. <laughs> and hopefully it gets rewarded with an Academy Award. Hey, does anybody catch? I, I hate to jump back to the Avengers trailer because, but you just reminded me about something. When the they showed the Marvel logo, the Marvel, and it showed the little ten, and it fades mm-hmm. away. Do you think that's Marvel saying ten years is now gone? We're moving on to the next step. 
I well, think so. From yeah, from what I understand, that like this set of adventures is like done after this, right? And it's moving on to the new franchise. Yeah, I'm just uh, man. April's not getting here fast enough. <laughs> but Black Panther, yeah, Black Panther's gonna be awesome. Can't wait to see if it wins. And we have Captain Marvel in between. So yeah, <laughs> Captain Marvel in March, and then we have uh, uh, Avengers, and then Spider Man's in May, right? Uh, no, I think it's in uh, July. Oh, that just made me sad. I was hoping like bam, 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 Marvel movie, Marvel movie, Marvel movie. <clears throat> Has anyone seen Once Upon a Deadpool? No, I have not. I haven't seen it. It's good. I saw it for the first time. It's it. Yeah, it's just it. It's it is what it is. <laughs> is it not good? It's 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 Deadpool. So you're saying just watch okay. the rated R version then? Yeah, I mean, it's like they seem like they cut out. I don't know. It's just weird. The cuts are weird. The transitions, the stuff they cut out, it was just, it was weird cuts. And then they, Fred Savage just pops in randomly. I don't know. It's just, it's just odd. <laughs> but I mean, it, it was funny. It sounds funny. I love the marketing that they do with Deadpool and like, how hard they went with the marketing. I love how they like repackaged all these other movies to like include Deadpool in it. Like they're just so clever over there. I'm just hoping it continues when it gets all transitioned over to Disney. Oh yeah. That's like Fox, right? Yep. Interesting. Well, I guess back to the Black Panther being nominated. Um, if it's like, obviously nominated, you think Disney and like Marvel will take more chances to make films more art, artistic style with their spirit movies like we'll need to see like a like an obscure character have its own movie now i felt like iron man was an obscure character yeah i i don't think marvel has that problem i mean it's like you know take a look what they did with the third thor movie that was completely experimental that wasn't thor that was completely out of character for him and it, they made it into something new so i think they're taking chances and stuff with their characters I, I, I don't know. I mean, will we ever see a Howard the Duck movie? <laughs> Probably not. But, you know, maybe this new Oscar, if they win this Oscar, maybe they'll be like, hey, let's go ahead and try this Howard the Duck movie. I don't know. You know, that's some, that's the only obscure character I could think of right now off the top of my head. I feel like Howard the Duck would be a step back. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, like, them winning, like, an Academy Award would be like, hey, let's try, you know, doing a – um, a Miss Marvel with Camila Khan or like doing like a, uh, you know, uh, oh, what are they called? The Marvel Rising, right? Maybe doing like the young teenager ones with like America Chavez or like uh, Squirrel Girl or, you know, maybe like a female led like ensemble kind of team. You know, they already are, I you know, Captain Marvel is our first like female led like, you know, Avengers movie or Marvel movie, you know? And so I think maybe it'll give them a, a chance to give, uh, you know, other people a, a shot. Well, the ball's rolling already on the black, uh, black widow movie. So is it really? Yeah. That that's already been uh, spoke about. They already talked about her salary. She's going to be making the same amount of money as, uh, Chris Evans, Chris Hemsworth, as they did in their solo films. Um, so, you know, Marvel's on the right track. 
Interesting. I didn't know that. I know that there have been rumors of Black Widow getting her own standalone movie, but um, I definitely hadn't seen anything. And then once we saw Captain Marvel come in first, I was thinking, oh, well, there goes Black Widow's like storyline, especially since they've been saying that the original Avengers pretty much stops at Endgame. Yeah, it looks like it already has a director, Kate Shortland, and there's already some writers attached to it. Interesting. Uh, it doesn't have a release date yet, so I don't know if it's going to be part of the Phase 4 or Phase 5 or anything like that. So, But yeah, there's there's already movement on it. There's so much in limbo, too, because um, you know the whole Guardians of the Galaxy possibly being shelved, and I think, Jose, you mentioned uh, um, one of the directors no longer being on board. Um, yeah, like Taika Waititi's like just announced that he's not gonna do the movie because it's not his film. He doesn't want to like step on anyone's toes, kind of thing. So I guess he just declined the offer. Like I'm not gonna do it. I'll do my own thing, stuff like that. So hopefully he does a Thor four because I'm really excited to see that. Is there a Thor four? I'm I'm pretty sure there is. Like I really feel like these are the end. That's what they said. End game. They they, they actually uh uh. There was a rumor, or maybe Chris Hemsworth said it himself, I can't remember, but Thor is actually still going to be a part of this after Endgame. I mean, he's not, Chris Hemsworth is not leaving Marvel anytime soon. Okay, well, and with him, it would be a little more, like, understandable, because he's all spacey-wacy, you know, he's from, like, a a different plane or whatever, and, um, you know, so much of this has been happening, like, Garden. They could just take from the comics, like, they could... They could just have like Thor move to Earth. Him, his entire like remaining Asgard's just live in like Oklahoma. somewhere in Wisconsin, like in the comics. Yeah, there we go, Oklahoma. They the go comics. to Oklahoma. Like, boom! This is new Asgard. Yeah, Asgard is uh, Asgard is created in Oklahoma, and then a lot of the Asgardians are roaming Earth, and they don't realize they're Asgardians, and yeah, it's a whole storyline. <laughs> so they could do that. That's a very yeah. interesting. I would like to read the uh, comic. I, I truly believe that this is all a ruse that none of the main six or heck any of the Avengers, I don't think are actually going to actually die. I think they're, I think they're all going to survive at the end of in game uh, while their contracts may be up. I think we'll probably see Tony Stark appearing in a guest role role from here and there. Um, Chris Evans will probably appear in a guest role here and there because you know, we have movies or like the new television series that's coming out on um, Disney Plus, for example, that's about the Winter Soldier and Falcon. You know, what could those two characters possibly do together in a show? Are they fighting each other to, to get the mantle of Captain America? Is that what this whole series is going to be about? I, I just I don't think Captain America is going to die. You know, um, I think he might walk off into the sunset saying he's done with it and he maybe leaves or something to that effect, but I don't think any of the characters are actually going to die. I think they're going to leave, leave the door open for any of them to come back if they want to come back. Okay. Fair. Maybe. (laughs) No, they're going to die. They're going to (laughs) die. They're going to die heroically. Are they going to die hard? No, they're going to die like heroic deaths. Some might die like, like sacrificing themselves or they might somehow like get back in time. Like, Cap's going to get stuck in 1940, spend time with Peggy, and that's it. That's how you end Cap's story. Oh, my God. That sounds lovely. Somebody send him back in time. He finally, he, he finally gets a chance. He finally takes her out to oh, dance, and that's how it ends. God. That's my fanfic right there. 
I don't want that to happen. I want Cap to stay in modern time fighting freaking new Nazis and stuff. That's that's why you have Falcon and Winter Soldier. They go. That's that's that series is going to be about them going to rent an RV like Green Arrow and and, and uh, Green Lantern going ground state to state to fight crime. I do not like your version of this story, Star. <laughs> <laughs> but instead of an RV, they're going to use a Quinjet. <sighs> <laughs> They're the new shield. Yeah, well, um, I'm interested to see what happens in Spider-Man, too, because I really want to see if it's like Ant-Man and the Wasp, where it's set like pre-the snap, or if it's going to be after. Because it has to be after, maybe, right? Because this is like after Endgame. Five minutes after Endgame. It's five minutes after Endgame? Yeah, it's like five or ten minutes. They said that it's like picks up immediately after Endgame. So... That's we realize it. so then so then we already know that Spider-Man survives. We already yes, know we that Spider-Man survives. So they're going to bring Spider-Man back from dust. They just made his death like nothing. Yeah, basically. I mean, we already That's know. Weird. All, like Peter, you're back. You're going to Europe. Here you go. Not about who's coming back. It's about the journey getting there. We already know all the heroes are going to come back, but it's it's about how Do they're going to come back. That's because I'm not so sure, and I'm not emotionally ready for another loss. In the world of superheroes, does a comic book character really die? No, they go away for a little bit and they come back. So I, I don't believe any of these characters are actually truly dusted forever. I even think Vision has a chance of coming back. But I think Gamora's real dead dead. Like, I don't think you can do anything about Gamora at this point. If, if, if the movie is about tra- time travel, like everybody is s- suggesting that it's about, because, you know, there's been all these hints about time, and especially in Ant-Man and the Wasp, when they were talking right. about, don't get caught in a time vortex. Right, right. You know, there's a chance to bring her back. Um, you know, one of the theories or rumors that's going around on the internet right now is that the Avengers are going to go on this, like, Pokemon hunting quest around time, collecting all the freaking uh, Infinity Stones before Thanos gets them. I don't know if that's actually true. That actually sounds really stupid. I don't know, but that may actually be the plot. Maybe they can make it cool. We don't know. And that's the cool thing about this. I love the fact that they're marketing this movie where they're not showing us anything. And I love it so much. (laughs) (laughs) It is nice not to be spoiled. I can go into this movie now with all this speculation and just totally be blown away because I know they're going to blow us away. It's going to be something completely different. And that's what I'm excited about. And that's the trouble with, like, so many things, like, I don't know about you guys. Game of Thrones is pretty good about, like, locking in secrets and things like that and not really sharing too much. But then there's television shows like Doctor Who that basically give away everything before you even, like, watch an episode. And it's really hard because, like, I, when I originally started watching Doctor Who, I binged it through Netflix. So I had no context for anything. I wasn't waiting. Like, I wasn't watching trailers or anything. I just went through it. And everything was so suspenseful and so exciting. And now that I have to, like, wait in real time, when we get there, it's like, oh, yeah. Well, that's what I figured because they gave away, like, all these extra bonus features and all these extra bonus things before the episodes even aired. And, like, you kind of figured out already what was going to happen. So it is exciting when you don't know what's going on. It's kind of why I'm starting to not really enjoy, like, the the CW shows anymore because it's the same formula every season. And it's pretty much spoiled before it gets on air. And, you know, you're watching it and you're just like, yeah, knew that was going to happen. Or, yeah, read that online. And, you know, it's just, I don't know. 
Like I watched the last three episodes of Flash because you know I missed the last three weeks, and I'm just like, I already see where this is going. Um, it looks like it's following this theory that I read online. You know, so I don't want to spoil it here, just in case anybody hasn't been caught up on the Flash yet. But it's just I don't know. Uh, it's it's hard to enjoy TV and movies nowadays because everything is spoiled online, especially with the uh, Marvel movies, especially with the toy lines that just like show something really quick and then it end up being a spoiler or or something from like a scene from a movie, especially with like Marvel Legends and Legos. They'll just like throw in some stuff like, oh, here you go, guys. And Lego end up being a spoiler bad about movie. <laughs> Yeah, that's so funny. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, like, for example, the toy line, let's just let's just talk about toys for a second since we have a toy podcast here. Check out uh, Five Points of Articulation every Wednesday. Um, so, you know, <laughs> they released promo shots of the new Avengers uh, figures that are coming out. And all of the Avengers characters are in these white costumes that look very reminiscent of Hank Pym's costume from Ant-Man and the Wasp that he wore when he went down to the Quantum Realm. So everybody's speculating, oh, my God, all the Avengers are going to go into the Quantum Realm. They got all these cool matching costumes. But do you really think that Marvel would have let that slip Oh, that's so interesting. Um, a few times because they they show like Thor's weapon, like Stormbreaker, and that was a toy. People are like, "Oh, what's this? Thor's new weapon?" And then end up being the Kazim weapon. So, I, I just I, I don't see the Avengers wearing these matching white outfits. I just I don't know. It looks too Fantastic Fourish to me. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Hank Pym didn't look all weird in it. It might be okay. But speaking of um, timelines and. Uh, you know, time travel and all this kind of stuff. I did kind of want to bring up this book that I just binged in one night. Can you binge a book? Is that a thing? Yeah, you can binge a book. And I'm, I'm, I'm really enjoying your segues here. <laughs> so <laughs> let me tell you about this book. It's called Here and Now and Then by Mike Chen. And it's a time traveling book about this like time agent who like goes back in time. So, you know, he's in the year... If I'm not mistaken, it's like 2142 and he goes back in time to basically stop like bank robbers and what they do the way they rob banks in the future basically is that they go back and they change history and they make these investments so that in the future they are rich and they call it they call it like seeding, but it's basically bank robbing from the past, right? That's awesome. Right? And so he's his job is to go back there and um, to... uh, you know, kind of um, to stop them, right? And so he goes back to 1996 to try to stop, you know, like this uh, mercenary that's out there um, that was hired to like, you know, change the past. And uh, he ends up getting stuck out there in 1996. Um, He, like his agency isn't able to locate him or anything like that. So he's stuck in the past. And what ends up happening is that like your brain in this book, um, can't handle two different like time eras it can only process one at a time and time travelers are able to do it because they have all this high-tech um you know medical equipment that helps them like you know stabilize their minds so the longer he's in the past without all this high-tech stuff that he needs this medical equipment but he starts to lose his memories of the future and his body just tries to adjust to like the time zone he's in now. So he starts thinking maybe he's crazy or he has some kind of post-traumatic stress or he's like got some kind of thing where like, you know, he hallucinated all these like visions of the future or whatever. 
because he's been there and he ends up being stuck there for 18 years. He ends up having like a wife and a child. Um, when all of a sudden, like out of nowhere, 18 years later, uh, they find him from the future. And for them, only two weeks has gone by. But for him, it's been 18 years. And so they have to go back and they have to bring him. And suddenly, like, the, you know, he's corrupted the timeline because he had a wife he shouldn't have. So he's changed her destiny and what her life should have been by marrying her. And he produced a child that, like, shouldn't exist. Like, this kid should not exist. And so now she's um, technically, like, an, an anomaly. Like, she shouldn't be there. She's corrupting the timeline. And the more he... Like, he has to leave his family and go back to the future. And in the future, you know, for them, it's only been two weeks. And he had a fiancé there. But for him, he's been away from his fiancé for, like, 18 years. So he's, like, a completely different person, a completely different man. And it's, like, this man trying to, like, you know, figure out what he wants to be in the present or in the past. But also he has to find a way to save his family in the past because they, sh you know, they basically are creating paradoxes and things like that. So it's really, really interesting. So time travel really makes my head hurt <laughs> because you're like, it's only been two weeks, but he's been gone for 18 years. And I'm just in the future. It's only been two weeks. No, I get that. It's just, it, it's hard to wrap your head around that. Like if you're, if you're a character in a location for 18 years or whatever, but when you go back to your present time, you only been gone for, you know, 14 days and <laughs> it's just, and that's what's so great about this book is because they talk about that and headaches comes up a lot because it's so hard for their minds to process all of it. And not only that, but it's the emotional consequences and the trauma that you deal with when you basically are, have lived two lives. It's, it's really heartfelt. It's really heart-wrenching at some points because you're just like, um, this character is very relatable. And so you put yourself in these situations where you're just like, you feel what he's feeling and you feel so bad for him. And it's one of these, like, you know, he knows what the logical step is, but he can't, his heart can't do it. You know, he knows that he has to leave his family, but he doesn't want to. And he's so torn between all these lives. And it's, it's really exciting. It's a really well-written book. It's very emotional. And I ended up, I couldn't put it down. I read it all in one day. It's like 352 pages, right? Um, this one, let me see, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, like about 350 pages, something like that. 336, sorry. That's the Kindle edition. I was just looking it up online here. <laughs> yeah, I like I could not put it down. I, I read it all in one day. And in, like in the middle of the night, I had to stop reading it because I was getting anxiety at one point. Because like, it, you know, you start to get to like the um, the like thriller kind of part of the, because the whole thing is very action packed like from beginning to end. But at one point, you know, like, you know, the stakes are really high. And I was like, I need to put this down. Like, I'm like stressing out right now. And I need this to have a happy ending. And if it doesn't, because I was so emotionally invested in the characters. And um, it's definitely a book for sci fi fans, because there are so many Star Twerks. Oh, my God, did you hear that? <laughs> Star Trek. <Star> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look how excited I am. Um, there's so many Star Trek like quotes. They reference Doctor Who. They reference like all these like very nerdy sci-fi things. And his daughter in the book is actually like a big geek. She really likes 
you know, going to conventions and cosplaying and they referenced these little things. And I was like, did they write this book for me? Like, was this for me? <laughs> and that's all I kept thinking of. So I highly recommend it for Star Trek fans and for Whovians to check it out. And it's called Here and Now and Then by Mike Chen. Well, I, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. I won't probably check it out because I'm on a mission this year to read at least two books every month because I want to I want to be educated. <laughs> so I'm getting ready to finish up my first book for the month of February. So I might pick that up for my second book here. Um, it actually sounds pretty interesting, although my brain will probably hurt after reading it about all the time travel. I mean, my <laughs> brain hurts back to the future. <laughs> There's an also another book I really recommend. It's called Why I Geek. And it's an anthology of fandom origin stories. And it's pretty interesting. It's, um, it's, a, it's basically um, a collection of people's, like, how they got into the fandom. And you can kind of see, like, how the fandom landscape has changed um, in the last, like, 30, 40 years. Um, mm-hmm. And it kind of, like, talks about, like, the um, kind of, like... I know, Daniel, you and I have talked about this, that when we were younger and in our era, like geek was not mainstream, geek was not cool, geek was not, you know, necessarily like, um, like a cool, it wasn't a cool thing. You got made fun of for being a geek. Yeah, you had to kind of hide your geek. You couldn't be like a proud geek. Um, otherwise, you'd be getting pushed into lockers and things like that. Well, I wouldn't say I got pushed into lockers, but, you know, I couldn't go around saying, hey, did y'all see Star Wars? And everybody would be like, shut the crap up. Yeah, I felt the same way, too. <laughs> I had that problem, too, in high school. Yeah, and so this book kind of talks about that, how, like, this new era of fans, they don't have that because, like, for example, my son, who's a teenager, he's grown up with, you know, the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe, and for him, it's normal. For him, it's mainstream. For him, it's, like, absolutely normal to get four or five superhero movies a year. Like, you know, he's grown up in this world where you know, we've kind of had to fight for it. Yeah. And, no, he's got to grow up with like the Marvel universe while I had to grow up with freaking Batman and Robin. You say that like, it's a bad thing. I'm literally wearing a Batman shirt right now. Like, how dare you? <laughs> Batman and Robin is like the worst Batman movie ever made with Mr. Freaks. Oh, that one. <laughs> oh, those ice puns. Classic. Those were pretty bad. But even then, like, we were lucky to get a Batman movie every once in a while. We had, like, nothing. We can count on our fingers how many things we had, like, in our time. So, you know, it's it's a really interesting, like, look at how passionate people are, what brings them together in, like, the fandom universe and, like, you know. And also, it, it's not just related to only geek things, but just passion fandoms in general, like even they talk about baseball, they talk about music, you know, TV shows like Breaking Bad. And then obviously the super geeky ones are Doctor Who, Harry Potter, Hitchhiker's Guide. You know, they even throw in some My Little Pony. It's really, really interesting. Yeah. So that one's Why I Geek, an anthology of fandom origin stories. Very interesting. 214 pages now on Amazon for $9.99. <laughs> yeah, it's a really good one. What about you, Jose? Um, I've been like rereading the uh, Dark Tower series from Stephen King. Oh, interesting. Because I'm kind of waiting for that uh, Amazon show to kick in. And it's pretty much like the movie wasn't the greatest like <clears throat> at uh, adapting the book. But since like they're going to make a, a Netflix, I mean, Amazon series based on pretty much the entire book series, 
and they got Idris Elba back to play uh, Rowan Duchesne, so I'm super excited for it. So it's going to be a continuation of the movie? It's yes and no. It's weird how they explain it. It's like it's a continuation and also like a prequel kind of thing. Hmm. And like the books are like super in depth and talk about different timelines and different things here and there. It's always time travel. Yeah. And then Stephen King makes an appearance within the book. Like he's literally writing the story Dark Towers and he appears in the in the story with Rowan Deshane and it's really bizarre but super awesome too. Is it like Deadpool where Deadpool knows he's like a character in like a comic book and he knows he's like a character in a movie? It's like Well it's no Rowan Deshane doesn't know that he's like a fictional character until he meets Stephen King. Like Stephen King's the shock, like, wait, you're Rowan Deshane from all this stuff I'm writing about right now. It's it's really bizarre and kinda weird. But I highly recommend you guys check it out. That's so crazy, especially because like he wrote himself into his own book. It's kind of like Stan Lee writing himself in the comic books. Oh, that's fair. That's a fair point. Spider-Man, how you doing, true believer? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Stan Lee. Now I'm sad. Thanks, guys. You're welcome. <laughs> but anyways, that's been pretty much everything for me in my world in geek. What about well, it you? sounds like you've been a very busy geek. I'm always a busy geek. Geek is my life. My friend made a pin that said head fangirl, and I was like, I need that. I need that in my life. <laughs> well, then you can't have two head fangirls. No. There can be many of there us. There can be one. Well, if there can, can only be, be one, it's got to be me. <laughs> Monica grabs it. My precious. Yes! Oh, my God. If you want to see it, we'll have to link it below, but it's... um. By Logan Arch, Taylor Dethridge, who's been on the podcast a couple times before. She creates these really geeky, awesome pins. And the minute I saw that one, I was like, I need it. I have to have it. My precious. Yeah, that's 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 an accurate description of me. <laughs> She's sitting in the corner, cowering with her knees up to her chest, holding the little button in her hand. Whatever you I got to it just increases uh, my geek power. So I think I am, if we just want to talk about some geeky things real fast, I think I'm going to try. I, I just purchased uh, um, Star Trek Discovery Season 1. Okay. So I'm going to try to knock that first season out and maybe do a trial for so I can watch Season 2 because I really want to see how they do Spock. Because uh, Spock is getting introduced this season. Right, season two is his introduction. That's awesome. I've been hearing like mixed reviews about that, like him like appearing in the show and stuff, mm-hmm. like like online, bringing people like I love it, and people are like oh I hate it. This makes no sense and stuff like that. It's messing up the timeline. And I'm thinking like, well, isn't the timeline already messed up as it is with like different films and different books and and the show? Yeah, I've given up listening to people's reviews. <laughs> but yet I mean, you expect people to listen to ours. This is so rude. exactly. <laughs> Tell the truth. (laughs) It's so funny. Um, I highly recommend you guys check out my latest article about, um, it's not necessarily about toxic fandom, but it's about navigating um, the fandoms. And, you know, we grew up in a time where like, uh, you know, we, social media wasn't like as prevalent in our lives, you know, when we were younger and, uh, and now it's everywhere. And so just like we had to learn courtesy 
um, you know, in citizenship and things like that in school, like, we also need to kind of, like, start navigating and teaching ourselves, like, appropriate ways to, like, interact as fans to make a healthy, like, community, a healthy, like, fan community, learning the difference between what a troll is and what, like, just somebody stating their opinion that you don't agree with or, like, um, talking about, you know, you know, how to, how to navigate, like, if somebody says something that you don't agree with, like, do you absolutely feel the need to, like, respond back and defend it? And it's just kind of like an introspect well, on, like, how... The way I handle that is I actually take to Twitter and I just start bashing everybody who doesn't agree with me because that's how I know how to handle things. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, my God, Daniel. <laughs> you are the worst. I'm over here trying to make the community, like, you know, a healthy, open, happy place. <laughs> You're just and I'm over here trying to destroy it because that is the point. <laughs> plan. Now, I, I, I uh, navigating social media has become such a chore for me because I, I start going down these rabbit holes. I read this one post and just blah, 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 yakety schmackety, whatever the heck they were complaining about. And then I'm like, oh, this thing has like 90, 96,000 comments. So let me click on the comments and see what the heck's going on. And then it's just, what did I get myself into? I absolutely talk about that in in the article that I just wrote, because like, you know, these are like illusions. They're like optical illusions about what fandom really looks like, because, you know, the only reason that they get all these clicks and all these views is because people feel the need to like defend themselves. And I don't know what it is about like something being in writing or something being like on screen. Um, They just you know, they feel like they have to like defend this misinformation, even if it's just one person's opinion, like, you know, treat others the way you want to be treated. One of the things that I always say is that we have to find a way to amplify our own voices and not like, if you don't agree with somebody's comment, right. And you go in there and say, you don't agree. All you did was amplify their voice. The way that um, social media algorithms work is through engagement likes comments shares that all counts as engagements so if we go in there and we comment on things that we don't agree with and even if we're like just being like you know defending our fandom or whatever all we do is amplify their voice because it comes up in other people's feeds starts to come up more often because these algorithms believe that that's what we're interested in and that's the biggest topics and it creates an optical illusion because you only ever really see that with like angry comments, even though that's not necessarily how the fandom is as a whole. And so what we need to do is kind of learn to like, just scroll past it, ignore it. If you don't agree with it, you don't have to necessarily respond to it. Somebody's out there and they, there's a difference between like um, saying, for example, with Dr. Who, there's people that just absolutely hate the, 12th or 13th doctor right and so if somebody says man i really hated this episode but then they get bashed for saying they hated this episode it kind of seems unfair because then we're not treating them the way that we want to be treated they're out there in the community not trying to necessarily spread hate but just trying to like start a conversation and find like-minded people so then that's the opportunity for other like-minded people to be like, hey, yeah, I agree with you. I didn't like this, that, or the other. And it's a way to like process emotions and process feelings about like something, right? But if we uh, don't, uh, like, 
if we we just scroll past it and if we see something that says, oh, I love this episode. Great. So did I. And then you can comment on there. You're ignoring the negative and not giving it attention and not adding to the algorithm and you're respecting another person's opinion. And if you don't see posts about things that you love, you can create them um, so that there's more of like a like an authentic fandom voice. But if all we're doing is defending our fandom inside of a negative quote, that's not really what people are going to see. You're going to see the, you know, 500 comments, the 300 comments, even the 20 comments. You're not going to read all of them. You're just going to like, like you said, just kind of scroll past and be like, ugh. But what we did see was that one original negative post. Sorry, I went on there for a while. No, I, I, I agree with what you're saying. Um, to kind of piggyback just a little bit, you know, you said if you see a post that says, oh, I love the episode. I got what you're saying, but I want to make sure it was very clear. You know, you can also post that you hate the episode and comment on that just as long as you're not saying, no, you're wrong and trying to start a fight. But the um, commenting on there, even though like it's, well, it's, it's about respecting other people. So if you it, go it on there and you hang on, I, I guess what I'm saying is, it's like if, if, if I comment and say, you know, Hey, I really didn't like this episode and you comment back and go, yeah, I agree with you. I really didn't like the episode either because of these issues. You're not starting a fight. You're agreeing about something. Someone's actually stating something, you know, it's, right. I can't Which sit there and say, I can't sit there and say only people who like this one thing is allowed to post on the internet and only comment on those things. You know, Oh, that's not what I said. I think there was a misunderstanding on that. What I, no, no, that's what, that's, that's what I wanted to make sure I was, I was trying to get across and clear up because it it, it did kind of make it sound a little bit like that's, that's where that was going. No. So So what I'm saying is, um, if you absolutely love the episode and somebody posted that they didn't like it, the fact that you have to jump into that post and say, I love that episode, right? Even though what you're saying is positive, it's still rude to the person because you're like undermining what they're saying. And they should have like that forum and that open place to say, Hey, I didn't like this. But when you go in there and be like, I really liked it. So it, even without saying the words, you're wrong. It still feels like you're wrong. If you're going in there to agree with them, then that's fine. But a lot of it is just respect for your fellow person. If you don't agree with them, don't go in there and tell them that you don't agree with them. Just let it go. Just like move on to the next post. And if you're not seeing enough posts that like, you know, kind of like share what your feelings are, then create them create those posts and say, Hey, I really like this. And then people yeah, will only you you. control basically your feed. Huh? Only you can control what you see in your feed. Right. And the more that okay. you engage in, in certain kind of like conversations, the more you will see them in your feed. Correct. You'll start getting all the negative feeds and stuff. And then it's just like, wow, what happened? Well, you had control over that by commenting and creating posts of stuff that you wanted to see. That's how you get your feed to be what you want to see. Right. And And also you have the, yeah. And, um, you know, you have the option to like, you know, hide posts and things like that. And, and Facebook and, you know, Instagram and all these things, they start to learn. Like at some point you have to take responsibility for yourself and for what you see on the internet. And, you know, I don't, and I guess it's just me personally. I don't think it's wrong. Like if you, if you saw something like, like, let's say I, I just said, I don't really like, you know, 
really, in, I'm not really enjoying the CW Flash or whatever. You know, if someone wants to comment back and say, "Well, you know, what what do you what is it about the season that you're not enjoying?" I don't mind engaging in a conversation with them and telling them that, as long as they're not going, "Well, I really love this season. Why? What? Why do you feel that? You know." And that's the difference because, yeah, because one is engaging in a conversation and asking and, and that's somebody being empathetic to you. They're not saying that you're wrong. They're saying, oh, OK, I like tell me why you didn't like it. That's engaging in the conversation. The other one where we have that need to absolutely defend or avenge our our fandoms, um, that is what gets you know, the internet in trouble because like that comes off as rude. It's not a conversation. It's you just telling somebody else you're wrong. Yep. I agree. And that was a, that was a really good post, Monica. I really enjoyed reading that by the way. Thank you. I hope it helps. And I hope I was clear in our discussion today. I actually have a podcast, a podcast, a panel at Gallifrey one about kindness um, on the internet. So I really hope I'm getting my point across here so that at least when I'm in front of people and at the panel, I know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, you, you'll, you'll be good. You'll be good. Yeah, it'll be perfect. Thank you, Jose. Appreciate that. Jose's just one of those people who's always nice. Like, at conventions, he is like, people just love him because he's such a good Everybody guy. loves Jose. Every time I see something on his Instagram, it's just like, oh, Jose, we love you. <laughs> Yeah, except if you're the actress that's playing Jasmine. Like, no. Yeah, what the heck was that all about? One time Jose's mean. He, like, bashes a freaking movie star. Don't bash movie stars. Uh, He's like, I'm sorry, Jasmine, but you ain't my Jasmine. I'm like, oh, my God, dude. That was harsh. Like, I got, like, a, like 121 likes and, like, 12 retweets on that. Just uh, <laughs> heads up. No, because, well, that that's a good reason because like Disney had a great opportunity to put yeah. like a yeah, Middle Eastern a actress. Just trying to inflate your numbers, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> no, nah, but Jose is actually a great guy. I think he's he's awesome. Thanks, guys. Thanks. <laughs> well, do you have any final thoughts or anything before we wrap up this episode? Do I have anything? I'm thinking right now. <laughs> oh, do you like playing Kingdom Hearts three, Daniel? Or are you just barely started playing? Uh, what you saw was me just starting the game. <laughs> and we went in and interrupted, get off your game, Daniel, and come talk to us. So I, I literally just installed it and just downloaded all the updates and cranked it on. I was like, you know what? I'm going to stream you playing this for the first time. And then I get a phone call saying, hey, let's do a podcast. I'm like, oh, okay. Let's do hey, it. Hey, did you not want to you... talk to us? How dare you? Uh, do I ever? No, I'm just <laughs> Is that Are you why a big you're fan of the series? That's why I'm never on this podcast anymore. Am I a big fan of Kingdom Hearts? Heck yeah. I yeah. got every single game. Every single game on all the systems. I even bought the freaking remasters. So I bought the remasters on... Okay, so Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2 came out on uh, PlayStation 2. And then they re-released, like, you know, they then they came out with, like, Chain of Memories on Game Boy. And then Dream Drop Distance. And Recoded. And all those other games on DS and 3DS and all that stuff. And uh, Birth by Sleep on PSP. You know, I have all of that. And then they decided to go ahead and remaster these and re-release them on PS3. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to buy them on PS3. Then they decided to re-release everything on PS4. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to get it on PS4. <laughs> and then they decided to take everything that they released on PS4 and put it on one freaking disc or one box called The Story So Far. I was like, I'm going to get that too. <laughs> so I'm sitting there looking at my games. And I'm like, why do I have all of these? So, yeah, but I have the whole series. 
Um, it's 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 a really awesome series. Monica, if you, uh, I know you're not much of a video game player. I'm a video game fan, not a player. You're a video game observer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you know the story of Kingdom Hearts, but it's like I Final do. Fantasy Disney. Yeah, I've watched and tons of people play it for years. <laughs> so yeah, it's really awesome. I really enjoy it. I'm really hoping part three is going to be awesome because they keep saying this is like the final chapter, which I doubt it. I'm sure this is like the biggest money maker Square has right now besides Final Fantasy. But yeah, I'm excited to play it to answer your question, Jose. I know. I'm not. A, I'm not. I wasn't a big fan of the, of the series. I, I played the first. Get off the podcast episode. <laughs> I wasn't a big fan, of, and like once they announced three, I'm like, oh, cool. I wonder they're gonna add like Marvel and Star Wars characters to these series because it'll make perfect sense. You know, that would be Kingdom Hearts 15 coming out. You, you, you get a bigger di- uh, demographic if you did that because like yeah, like the, the the Kingdom Hearts fans and the uh, the Final Fantasy fans, and you have the Disney fans. Cool. But you like add in Marvel and Star Wars, you get another bigger demographic. But that was Disney money. Infinity. Yeah, that didn't turn out so good. Well, I love <laughs> Disney Infinity, and my family absolutely loves Disney Infinity, and we still play it. If y'all get a chance, watch uh, Angry Video Game Nerd on YouTube. Um, he he can be a little belligerent, so I want to give you all that a warning in advance. But you know, it's because he's angry. Um, but he does this whole basically review of the Kingdom Hearts series. <laughs> And it's actually kind of funny. So if you, if you get a chance, we'll give him a view and watch it. I always love watching James Ralph's videos. But yeah, it's pretty funny. Uh, he talks about how it's a very convoluted story and it spans across oh, all the Oh, it is. So. It's absolutely insane. Uh, I follow, I try to watch people's like, uh, explaining like explaining videos on YouTube about the Kingdom Hearts series, it's and they're also lost about it too. Like, oh, this happens here, then this happens here, and then timelines again. It's always about timelines or or different memories of someone's timeline. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, um, I ha- like I, I haven't played a game. I haven't. I'm trying to remember the last game I played. I want to say it was Birth by Sleep on the PSP because I bought that one kind of late. But it may have been Dream Drop Distance. I don't remember. But it's been a couple years, so I'm like, oh, I don't even know if I remember any of the story. Yeah, when I once when I heard that announcements for three, I'm like, like, wouldn't it be cool if like Sora had a lightsaber for a keyblade, you guys? <laughs> would it be cool to have Spider Man come out, just hang out with Sora and Sora's keyblades like Thor's hammer or something like that? Then I'll totally buy the game, you guys. He's like, nope. We're gonna have him like hang out with Hercules, hang out with with uh, Baymax. Hey, hey, out. hey! This this season or this game is it's Pixar characters, so I'm excited about that. They've added Pixar finally. Oh yeah, they did. This is uh, I saw that at uh, Anime Expo where we got to play the game like ahead of time, and they had all the like you know characters in Andy's room, which is very exciting. Yeah, so I'm excited to see what's 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 gonna transpire in my gameplay. I heard the game takes about 50 hours, so. Hopefully there's a cars level so you can get the chance of experience cars. You won't even know what the hell's going on. Like, Watch cars. Cars is so great. Despite- well, also, also Wilson doing the voice of uh, one of the cars. Owen Wilson? He's so fun. He is so fun. Lady McQueen is amazing. Well, well, audience who's still here listening to our episode, Nobody's I apologize. That, you know, <laughs> I, I apologize that you know we're just rambling now. So I guess I'm going to go ahead and wrap this episode of the Temple of Geek podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to hit us up on Facebook or Twitter by using the handle Temple of Geek. Do you want to check out some of our other episodes or shows? Why don't you head over to TempleofGeek.com? There you'll find all sorts of content that pertains to the world of geek. Thank you for joining us on this episode. I've been Daniel, and I'm Monica. I've been Jose. 
And we'll see you next time. Except for me. Please follow us on Twitter at Temple of Geek. Follow us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Temple of Geek. And remember to visit TempleofGeek.com. Your one stop for all things geek. Goodbye. This will conclude our transmission.